Hello, and welcome to another edition of Care Campaign for the Vulnerables podcast. Let's talk about elderly care. Today, I'm going to be talking to a carer who first came to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable to get our support when she had to raise issues in her place of work. This carer tells of the struggle she's now facing in finding other care work in her small community since she had to raise issues with her former employer. Today, we welcome Sigrid to our podcast. So welcome, Sigrid, to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. Thank you for having me. That's our pleasure. You contacted us for support when you you told me that there were a lot of issues in your place of work and you raised these issues. Can you start from the beginning and tell me why you came to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable? Well, I've been following the Care Campaign for a while now and I don't know why I did it because I, I saw a lot of posts and everything and then I I really never looked at your website and then I looked and you actually support also the carers. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd just contact you and ask for your advice, your guidance. Mm-hmm. And uh, What was the reason? What had happened in your place of work? Well, I was working in a nursing home for five months and in them five months, I was, should add, in, in May I was made employer of the month and then after I was made the employer of the month, I seen a couple of little things but I didn't agree with. But because I was new, I was very careful not to open my mouth too wide because so, I know exactly what will happen. Right. Okay. So you, you had not been in the job that long, in the job of care. Were you a senior carer? No, I, I was just an ordinary carer. I mean, I've okay. been doing caring for 30 years. Right. Okay. Know? Okay, so as a new carer, yeah. somebody that had just joined the home, were you sort of keeping your head down, doing the job and just getting on with it? Absolutely. Obviously, I followed the senior carers and they showed me what to do and the, some of mm-hmm. the things I didn't agree with either. But, you know, I said that I just done what I was told to do. Okay, so just let me stop you there. When you said that there were things that were done that you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with, just, you know, very basic. What were those things? Using slide sheets. Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. use slide sheets. They grabbed the residents under the arms and legs and pulled them up to the headboard. And I said once, I said, you know, we got slide sheets. They said, oh, don't worry about it. This is quicker. So you knew but, that slide sheets were the, the best practice and the right practice. and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And obviously everybody knows that's, well, in care or not, that by dragging elderly people with fragile bones under the arms or grabbing legs and arms, that can have quite serious consequence, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I knew about it, but because there was senior care, I'll just do it very quickly. And I'm thinking, okay, all right, I do it, you know, but was I happy about it? No, I wasn't. Okay. And what other things did you see? Well, I mean, it came to the point where residents actually didn't get enough food, you know, especially dementia clients. Everybody knows that, you know, it takes about 15 to 20 minutes to feed a dementia client who's got swallowing difficulties. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we were told, well, I was told I was taking too long because I actually took like 15 to 20 minutes. So let me just stop you there because it's really important in this conversation that we actually look at each thing that you're saying. So again, people with dementia, you've quite rightly stated that they can have trouble swallowing, they can have trouble being prompted, you know, did you see real issues there? Yeah, absolutely. I saw the issues where carers either were under pressure or carers were lazy. You know, if a dementia client didn't open their mouth three times, they were told, as I was, but I didn't listen at that point, you know, if they refused to open their mouth three times, you just take the meal away, put refused, or they have eaten, right? So this is, I mean, it's really hard to to hear that. And even though we at Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, we do actually have carers contact us to say that they are in work that sometimes they can't devote the time that they want to devote to, particularly people with dementia. So how did you feel about that? How did you feel when your team leader was saying, well, you can't spend that much time with somebody that is obviously struggling to eat? Well, I mean, I was appalled, but like I said, I didn't listen. A lot of people listened, you know what I mean? And I really always make sure that the people had enough to eat. Okay, and was that drink as well? That is with a drink as well. But I always made the point of, you know, giving them drinks. I was, (laughs) I'd got a conflict with that as well when it was in June. The tea trolley went around in June mm-hmm. and we were all running late, you know, because we are always under the pressure of time. Yes. And it was already half past three and the tea trolley usually goes around at three o'clock and there was a lot of things going on. And then I said, oh, we haven't done the tea trolley yet. And then the carer said, oh, don't worry about the tea trolley. They get something to drink at five o'clock. And I said, whoa. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I'm not going to cut corners here. It's very, very hot. In June, it was yeah. really hot. And they were yeah. lying in their beds and the doors were closed and the windows couldn't even open. They only opened like for six centimeters for safety reasons. So yeah. the clients don't go, you know, climb out the window. Some of them, you know, were active. So I had a conflict there already and I raised concerns about that. And as soon as I raised concerns, a counter allegation was made against me straight away within about 10 minutes that I abused one of the residents. And that's the first time I resigned on that nursing home in June. So let me just recap. When you refused the fact that they had said that they didn't have time for no. the tea, was this this year or was that last year? No, this, this year in June. So that was during COVID, during lockdown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So. You raised that issue and said, no, 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 I'm I'm not going to cut corners here, quite rightly. And then when you raised your voice about not accepting this, right. a carer made a counter accusation. Yeah, totally. Not even 50 minutes afterwards, made a counter allegation that she witnessed me abusing a resident, ripping them out of the bed. 
Well, first right. of all, that did, did not happen because they were actually bed bound. They weren't allowed to get out of bed. Right. Right? Yeah. And I, I looked at her and I said, are you serious? I said, you're going to throw this cat at me? And anyway, I said, this place is too dangerous for me. I said, if you can't even raise concerns, then I said, and somebody makes bad allegations against you, then I'm out of here. And I will never forget it. I took off all my uniform and then I just left. In 30 minutes when I was at home, I put in my resignation, stated why I resigned. And that was the end of it for me. So did the manager of the care home, when you went, did you hand in a letter, resignation? No, no, I sent her an email. Right. And what was the reply to that? Was it accepting or was it asking you for a meeting? No, she didn't accept it at all. So she didn't accept the resignation? She didn't accept it. She called me at home and Uh begged me to come back. Was this the manager? Yeah, the manager, yeah. And what happened then? Well, you know, she said, I give you 48 hours to think about it if you want to come back, and then you can start the week after. Can I ask you, though, Sigrid, what happened with the allegation of the alleged abuse that the carer raised about you? Well, the manager knew it it couldn't have happened. It didn't happen. But Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to the staff, but I can say in, in July, middle of July, all of a sudden, I had a message sent over Facebook by this carer who accused me mm-hmm. and she apologized. She shouldn't have never done it. I hope, Sigrid, you and I can stay friends and like mm-hmm. it used to be. And, and I thought to myself, okay, I accept your apology, but a friendship is not there anymore. So that's quite concerning, really. It's very concerning because as a carer, mm-hmm. as a responsible carer, you raised genuine concerns that, you know, you saw procedures not carried out. You saw the drinks trolley not going around, especially on a hot summer's day. And then a carer comes back, you know, allegedly out of spite yeah, to say that you brought to harm a vulnerable resident, which obviously the manager knew that could not have been the case. Right. So that's really, really distressing to hear. What happened after that? Well, I I obviously went back and uh, I was really, really careful the way I was wording things. I was really careful watching my own back. I was Mm -hmm. really never at ease at work. And the team leader said, oh, everything is going to be all right. This person has now been moved to a different location. She'll be working there for two weeks. And once she comes back, everything is going to be okay, you know? And then, okay, things were okay in July, you know? I thought, oh, I managed actually. Nobody complained about me or something. And I was feeling more at ease, yeah? Until the last day of July, you know? Because there was three women who were really, really friends with the person who made the complaint about me, yeah? Right. So I was working away on my unit with one of her friends and stuff. And all of a sudden, I came from a quick break and I came back up my unit and my team manager said, oh, she said, you have to work with me now. And I said, why? And she says, well, because I'm telling you. 
And I said, why do I have to work with you? I said, what's the reason? Well, she said, somebody complained about you. And I said, about what now? Yeah, you are not so cheerful. I said, excuse me? I said, I'm not here the class clown. I said, what do you mean? Well, you haven't, you haven't laughed a lot this morning. And I'm thinking, you know, it's hot. I'm busy. And sometimes there's nothing to laugh about. You know, you're yeah. just doing it professionally. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she then pulled me away from the woman who I was working with, which was the best friend of my abuser. And then friction started to arise again. I said, you shouldn't have done that. I said, why are you giving them always lead way? I said, we're supposed to be acting here professionally. I said, if they like me, fine, but we can be adults and work here professionally. Yeah, she said, I don't want you to get get in trouble. I said, oh, fair enough. And then, you know, I just carried on working. And then in August, come August, I was working on the unit and there was a lot of banter going on and there was a lot of talk about you know, sexual stuff. And I said to the team leader, I said, you know, I said, I don't think this is appropriate. Team leader, I was laughing with the person who was... Sorry, Sigrid, I just want to step in there. So during working with vulnerable residents, you're saying that there were carers that were attending to these vulnerable residents that you saw that were talking about their you're saying sexual activities the night before or they uh, were talking in that manner? Yeah, in the dining room, yeah. Because by that time, a lot of residents were allowed to come already out of the dining room. And we actually yeah. had had a few who were actively walking, not just in right. wheelchairs. Okay. Yeah. And that was in the dining room. And I, yeah, I was just, I mean, at first it was funny, but then when it went on for half an hour, during lunchtime, it is not funny anymore, you know? Right. And I said to my teammate, I said, this is totally inappropriate to speak in front of the uh, residents like this. I said, just because they've got dementia, it does not mean they do not listen or do not understand. Right, absolutely. And what did she say to that? Oh, she just laughed it off. So I, I raised my, well, my opinion about it and that was it. So the person then, about 48 hours later, I was working with a person who done this sexually talk. And then I walked into the dining room and I heard the woman say to a lady with dementia, 92 years old, still very fit on her feet and very, you know, you still can speak to her, but she's starting to lose her reality. Cognitive function, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... The woman said to her, the carer said to her, and the client was really, really vocal that day, which sometimes they are and sometimes they are not. But she was really vocal. And then when I walked into the dining room, the carer was stood in front of the lady and said, if you do not shut up now, I smack your one. Right? And I said, oi. You know, and she looked at me and another carer heard it, but then the other carer didn't do anything about it and I raised concerns about that. When you say you raise concerns, what were the complaints procedure within that home if you had an issue? Were you ever told about what to do if you had a concern in that? Well, I, yeah, I should go to my team leader. 
Yeah. And did you do that? Yes, I went to my team leader, but that was 48 hours after I went to my team leader because she wasn't on shift on duty that day. And yeah. I said to my team leader, I said, listen, that was in the morning. I saw her outside in the garden and the smoke of her. And uh, I said to her, listen, I said, you have to watch such and such. I said, because what I heard and seen, I said, she is on a breaking point. I said, because nobody, no carer should stand in front of a client and threaten the client. When you say that you told that to the team leader, did did the manager know? Did the manager of the care home, did no. they write any statements down? No. Nothing. Nothing. Do you know what the team leader said she would or he would do? Yeah, she just said to me, leave it with me. But she said, I already know about it. Because, I mean, the drums of, uh, you know, they're all in the private chats and everything like that, WhatsApp. And another carer must have told her what happened already. Because when I told her 48 hours later, she said, I already know about it. Okay. But what happened after that, I do not know. Did you contact any CQC or, or anything like that? No. No, I didn't because I was told, go to the team leader, the team leader will sort it out. Okay. So what happened after you you heard and saw your colleague say this to a defenceless resident? Nothing. Because I I was working with her the next shift. I was working Mm -hmm. with her. I... I knew something wasn't right because the atmosphere towards me was not right from that person who threatened the, the client, yeah, the resident. So do you feel, do you, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you feel that she knew that you had raised that? Absolutely. Absolutely, because the atmosphere totally changed. The dynamic between me and her totally changed. Right. Yeah. So what happened then? Well, and then... On the next shift, I, I was working with her very, very busy. And there was one lady who is, again, vocal. And, you know, she's very, very strong. And my team leader asked me to come and change her with her because the lady was prone to biting, kicking out and stuff like that. So, so she, she was sort of displaying anxiety. Did she have dementia, this resident? Yeah, she was on the way to having dementia, okay. uh, you know, but she was still quite, quite alert. Okay. You know, she, she knew her surroundings and she knew her rights from wrong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the, the reason I know that, because I wanted to COVID test her and she said, no, I know my rights. If I don't want to, I don't have to. Okay. Okay. So this is how alert she was. Yeah. So I went with my team leader into her room and uh, obviously the lady was screaming and shouting and stuff like that. And what I have to add was she was given medication an hour before we are supposed to undress her and wash her and dress her again. Is that to sedate her a little bit to calm her down? Absolutely. But we missed that timeline. We missed that timeline because we were running late again. So by the time we got in there, she said, oh, no, I'm not going to do do what you're telling me to do. And we tried to calm her down. Mm-hmm. And I, I kneeled down to 
take her shoes off, and then she hit me over the head and three times really hard on my back. Yeah. Right. So I got up and, you know, I thought I'm going to leave the situation at this moment. I'm step back a little bit. Yeah. Then the carer, who I raised concern about, who threatened this lady, came into the room mm-hmm. and straight away started to speak into the client. And I said, I said to her, I said, what are you doing? And she said, what do you mean? I said, why are you interfering? I said, because I said, we've been told she can't have more than three people in her room now because first they always tried it with four people. It took four people to hold her down. And somebody raised concerns because they said that that wasn't the right thing to do. Did this particular carer have a dolls in place? Do you know? What do you mean? Did she have a deprivation of liberty safeguard against if, if you were restraining her? I mean, you said you were holding her down. I mean, when, when I was in that room, that was the first time I ever dealt with that lady right. because every carer came out uh, who dealt with the lady came out with bite marks, you right. know, and yes. kick marks and all this and that. But sometimes I felt like the carers went in there because they loved the fact that she was distressed. Oh, that's upsetting to hear. That's your opinion. That is my opinion. So I said to the carer, I said, why are you interfering? I said, mm-hmm. because I said, we have to calm her down again now. No, she loves me. She loves me. And the lady got more aggressive. Yeah. Right. Because there's a new carer come in. The same carer is right in her face. Oh, you love me. You can do this for me. And she didn't want to do anything. You know, yeah. yeah. And I said, just leave her and don't distress her anymore. And she went, <sighs> and then she went out of the room and slammed the door, right? So that distressed the client as well, right? And so you know, I in the end left the situation. The team leaders laughed when the the staff slammed the door, and I said, "Well, I said everybody is very sensitive here today," and that was the, the end of the conversation. Right. Uh huh. And then what happened then? We finally got the lady dressed, washed as much as we could, dressed. We couldn't get her all dressed. In the end, we decided just to leave the clothes on her bed Mm -hmm. and ask her, just dress yourself. And she did in the end, you know, because we left the room. So, anyway, the day progressed. And I had to then go on a break. Uh-huh. for my lunch break so I went on a lunch break and when I came back from a lunch break my team leader who was having her dinner said oh by the way can you change the lady at the table and I said what do you mean well she said can't you see she's soaking wet and I said yeah I can see it now yeah now you pointed it out and I said but I said why didn't you change her because she was soaking wet from top right. I don't know if she spilled more tea on her, but she was soaking. So anyway, I took her out, out of the dining room. You know, she was on a walker, put her in a room, washed her down, changed her. Everything was good. Then I walked past a gentleman's room, a client, and I thought, well, it's time for him to get changed because he's already been six hours in his, you know, incontinence part. And I'm glad I did because he was soaking. So I changed him too, washed him down, da, da, da. And then I came out of the room and on the end of the corridor, all of a sudden, the staff was saying, 
what do you think you're doing? And I said, excuse me? And we had all the masks on, so it was not good to hear anyway. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? You're supposed to be doing the tea trolley. And I said, whoa. I said, I am just had to change two clients here. Yeah. Well, she said, you have to do the tea trolley. And I said, listen, I said, clients first, tea trolley, I can do now. And then the, that staff went into a half and she didn't answer me. So went in the dining room and I said, why are you being so nasty? And she said, you're supposed to do the tea trolley. And I said, I'm doing the tea trolley now. And I said, you know, I said, I apologize if I might have sounded a little bit more assertive. I said, but because of the mask on, I said, I had to raise my voice a little bit. Anyway, she ignored me. She ignored me and she didn't want to talk to me. She said, don't talk to me until the end of the shift. And I thought, well, that's a bit silly because we're supposed to be communicating what we're doing with the client. Right. Right. So anyway, I was doing the tea trolley and I was in the one client's just giving him his tea. And then the team leader came in and she says, I have to put you under supervision now. And I said, excuse me? She said, I have to put you under supervision. I said, supervision for what? She says, a complaint was made against you. Again, from the person who threatened the 92-year-old. And I said, what's the complaint now? Uh, Well, she said, I have to supervise you and teach you how to speak with your colleagues. Right. I started laughing. I said, what? I said, I'm 58 years old. I made it this far. You know? Do you feel, I mean, I've actually spoken in length to you, Sigrid, long before, because I'd supported you through your grievance meeting. Do you feel... And again, I don't, I'm very mindful, I'm not putting words in your mouth. So please, you know, if, if this isn't how you feel, please tell me. Jane, I can really say to you, you don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really sensitive situation. But, you know, when people, when carers, because I've been a carer, you know, I, I've cared for my mother and father. So when you're in a situation where you've got peers and you've got colleagues, you want to get on with them, obviously. You're working a long shift with them. Friendships are bound to be made inside and outside. Do you feel that that could have been an issue, that they were sort of friendships outside spilling in to work? Well, I mean, where I live and the county I live in, it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody. Right. People are married to their brother or everything like that. So as an outsider coming in and to work in a place like that is very, very... Is it very close-knit, a small community? It's very close-knit because everybody knows everybody. And everybody knows what everybody has for dinner the next day. Okay. So it's a very, very small town and everybody knows everybody. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, but do you think the dynamics in the home spilt over and wasn't always professional? Yes, it, it uh, to me it looked like the culture what was festering already, you know? Right. It was a culture developed. In Germany we call it work blindness. Yeah, you've been yes. in that job for a long time. Yes. And you do not see certain things anymore or you've been used to work in a certain way and it will always work 
Yeah. But it really, the policies or procedures already changed. Right. You know, yeah. the year before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened after that evening when you were told that you might need to be assisted? And uh, Well, actually, I laughed uh, at my team leader. And first of all, again, I said actually to my team leader, I said, first of all, I said, you should have waited to the end of the shift to tell me this. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I said, you do not do anything in front of the client or say anything in front of the client. It doesn't matter if they're dementia or not. But I said to her, I said, you know what? I think my days are done here. And I left at five o'clock in the afternoon. And she said to me, she said, I already talked to the manager. Should you walk out again? I said, I'm not going to walk out. I'll just resign. I said, and she said, but the, the warning is from the manager that if you walk out, you're not coming back. And I said, I don't want to come back. So you left then? That was your last shift? That was my last shift, yeah. Okay. So you'd already raised the issues that you weren't happy with within the home. Right. And obviously the culture within the home was a serious issue. Absolutely. Um, So what happened when you left? What happened then? Well, you know, I was... I was upset with myself to one point because I left, but I knew it was a dangerous place for me to be there. And then after I left, a colleague of mine, about, say, about 48 hours, maybe three days later, got in contact with me and said, the person you caught threatening the lady to hit the lady was already disciplined once for abusing a resident. And I was shocked. I was shocked. Okay. And I thought, if she's already been called once, the likelihood it happened again right. is 75%. So, Sigrid, you know, it's very difficult because as a professional carer, you, as far as I know, and, you know, we have to be fair, there is only your side to this. You know, you'll agree Absolutely. with that. But I've had lengthy chats with you. and. One thing that I'm very aware of is that in many, many conversations that we've had, even through the grievance process with the provider, your account has stayed absolutely firm, right down to the smallest nitty-gritty. And again, you know, we support many carers, as we do family members. and. Mm. You know, we are very aware that we've got one person's account. But we know that you've also gone through the grievance process because we followed you through it. And you have been extremely precise. You have raised what we have raised awareness to and been very, very concerned with your account of issues within that home. Yeah. Did you at all at any stage contact the CQC and raise this anonymously? No, I didn't because actually it came from you because I didn't want to rock the boat that much, you right. know. And anyway, I spoke to the organization. Yeah. She put everything down as well. Okay. But I, w- I would like to say to you, uh, yesterday 
I had to receive the letter from the nursing home head office. Right. And most of the complaints are upheld. Right. So this is something because we have been in touch. So you yeah. you got this yesterday. Yeah. Can you, and please don't raise identity on the podcast, no. but can you give us a brief outline on what it's stated? Well, I mean, it's, it actually stated that an independent investigation was made. Right. And with the safeguarding of using the slide sheets, they are now bringing a new training was given. Right. And other issues but I raised, they obviously can't tell me how they dealt with it. No. The culture of the nursing home has been looked into. So something has been done. I was very happy about that because now I feel like I did what I could for the residents. It's very interesting. I mean, personally, I'm very, very relieved because we, as I said, I went on the grievance meeting with you, Sigrid. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I thought you really raised the issues very precise and acted with complete and utter professionalism. And mm -hmm. I know that you always had the interest of the residents at the heart of what you did. That was very, very evident to us. And when you contacted Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, you know, you wanted support because you didn't feel you got it from your care home. No, absolutely. Yes. So is the outcome that they've looked into the allegations and they have agreed that there were issues? Yes. Fabulous. Yes. Good. Yeah. The head office couldn't share too much with me. No, no. Yeah. But uh, is that the regional operation trainer? has conducted moving and handling observation, which have been recorded and where needed retraining has been arranged. Okay, good. So, I mean, the moving and handling was totally out of order. Right. There is also about the conduct of staff members. Yes. They're going to improve that. Okay. How the staff members interact with each other. Good. So everything else, like I... I brought up, uh, you know, radiation of the staff, fluid drinks provided to the residents, you know, resident mm -hmm. kept in bed all day, bed sheets not being changed. I mean, that was another laughable matter, you know, okay. when they were using talcum powder and cream to clean the bed sheets when they were sold. Well, now, we raised that, obviously, anonymously yeah. on our forums yeah. with your permission. I mean, we don't name names, yeah. but... We raise that because I, for one, I mean, I've been mm. in the sector, you know, I've, I've been in care quite a while now with my own late mother. And, you know, it appalled me when I heard that they were using talcum powder to soak up urine. I think the culture was absolutely, it definitely had to be brought to account. And I thank you, Sigrid, on behalf of Care Campaign for the Vulnerable and everyone in that care home and their families, I thank you for doing your duty and taking your professional stance as a carer. Can I just ask you, though, what mm -hmm. now are the difficulties you're facing? Well, now, obviously, I'm facing the difficulty of finding my job. 
finding a new job because I went to four different places who are advertising, are desperate for staff. And uh, I mean, I'm quite honest about it. You know, they asked me, oh, why did you leave? You know, I said, I, I just say I resigned. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, because some of the things I didn't like what I saw. Well, already that raises concerns to them because I mean, I'm somebody, you know, that they feel I'm dangerous because obviously, you're, they know because I, you've, you've whistleblowed because you're a whistleblower. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. See, when, when I put my resume in, call me, oh, you, you really what we want, you know, you got all the experience, da-da-da. When I get there and I hear a little bit of what I'm saying, I get a phone call back and say, no, sorry, we don't need you. Or sorry, you are incapable of doing this job. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I've spoken to you in, in length about that when you've contacted yeah. Care Campaign for the Vulnerable to keep us updated. And yeah. I, for one, am appalled that any care home, any provider would take that stance with a carer that's actually done their duty and protected residents. Now, again, I'm going to be careful because, you know, whilst you say that that is the reason, we're not there, we don't know, but you're telling me that that is what you feel is happening. Absolutely. The reason I'm saying that, then I answered a private ad from a private elderly lady in a wheelchair and her husband, they were looking for a carer. And I actually read the ad wrong. She only needs somebody for 12 weeks in a year. Anyway, you know, I went for the interview because she saw my resume. I went for the interview and I explained to her what has happened and why I'm not in a job anymore. And she turned around to me and says, why do you think I'm not in a nursing home? <laughs> so so actually she employed me. So I'm only employed now for six hours, you know, every Monday. Right. But I'm glad, really, because that will be my next reference, right? Well, I, again, I'd like to just touch a little bit more on the fallout, actually. And that's why yeah. we've brought you on today to our podcast, because believe it or not, We receive many, many calls, sadly, from carers that want to raise concerns, that there are concerns in in their place of work, but they're scared to. What would you say to any carer that is scared of losing their job when they raise or want to raise an issue? Cover yourself from all backs. All all corners, cover yourself. Write everything down, what you witness. Write everything down and be careful, honestly. And I would actually say to them to get in contact with your organization because you've been amazing. Thank you. You know, we need whistleblowers. Everybody says we are heroes. But then when we come back into the real world, the places who we whistleblowed on, calling us the zeros, right? So we you're saying day. that your people that whistleblow when poor care or neglect is happening, you're heroes. But in reality, and, and again, you know, this is your words, in reality, yeah. you feel like zero because you're not getting the support, you're not yeah. getting the credence that you deserve. 
by raising issues. And again, you know, Sigrid, we do deal a lot with amazing carers who are extremely conscientious, extremely professional and work very, very hard. And I have to stop you there. And there were amazing carers there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing carers. You did say that, which, you know, again, we're focusing on negative, but you did say that there were some very good carers. Yeah. The culture was so toxic. You know, even the amazing carers couldn't really do nothing there, but they did amazing caring work. Yes. When I was working with them. So what do you feel, Sigrid, as a professional carer, what do you Mm. feel needs improving for carers to feel more confident to speak out? And, you know, we've got COVID at the moment, Mm -hmm. so families can't go in and keep a watchful eye along with carers. But what do you think is needed to protect carers? Well, not only carers. But also the clients, and I, I'm really pro-camera. People need to bring cameras into the nursing homes. And the reason I'm saying this is it's very, very dangerous, not only for staff against other staff, but also for the client, mm-hmm. to protect the client and to mm-hmm. protect the good carers. Well, we, as you know, Care Campaign for mm-hmm. the Vulnerable promote the use of safety monitoring in communal areas, and we do so. Particularly because we we go into care homes, as you know, and we talk to carers and families and residents if, you know, they've got full capacity. And the positiveness that we get, the positive response is is overwhelming for safety monitoring. And do you think that, and again, I've had many conversations with you and met you, but do you think that safety monitoring could have raised a lot of concerns could have actually evidenced a lot of these concerns that you had? Absolutely. And you know why I think this? Because once cameras are installed and staff are actually aware cameras are installed, they're aware for a certain period of time. And the bad, you know, the unprofessional carers will forget the cameras and they will slip up, right? They will slip up. And this is why safety monitoring is a great idea because the carers what slip up will be on camera. And then when staff like me or other staff raise the concerns that there's abuse going on, they only have to look at the tape. I guess also it works the other way where carers are actually innocent. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So everybody is back from all corners. I mean, I would have no hesitation of working in a care home where there's monitor going on. Well, we are, in the work that we do, we are getting more and more carers wanting safety monitoring. And we, for one, are really trying to promote this in all care homes. Sigrid, I want to end, and it's been absolute eye-opener talking to you. And I'm really, really pleased that you've really pleased that you've had correspondence from the provider to say that issues are and have been improved. And again, thank you on on behalf of us and the home. To leave on a note, what do you feel is the best thing about the role that you do 
and why do you do it? For me, it's a vocation. Yes, it's not the money. I can guarantee you that. It's a vocation. I can't explain it. I think it comes from my background because I was brought up in care. Yes. And when I was younger, I'm 58 now. When I was seven, eight, ten, horrific things happened there. And we didn't have a voice. Right? Right. So So it's a vocation to stand up for the voiceless. And I'm getting always emotional about this. I would like to say that to me and to all of us at Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, you are a hero. And the majority out there that work ethically and responsibly are also heroes. And Sigrid, I would like to say thank you so much because I know how difficult it is to speak out about issues in care. And I would like to say thank you for talking to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable today. And we wish you much luck and success in your role as a carer. Thank you very much. I'm 58 years old and I was trained by the best. You know, I really have to say I was trained by my head nurse the first time I ever entered a nursing home. And she pounded it into me. First of all, she was a lady who put the Human Rights Act on every wall in the unit. And she said, always treat the clients as you would like to be treated if you were that old. And she always banged it into everybody. And I mean, she's died now, but she's still in my head. You know what I mean? She was a fierce nurse, head nurse, but she was fair and she only had the best interests of the client. And that's how she trained me. And the training was precise and it was very, very good for me. And I always kept her standards up because I always hear her in the back of my head. Sigrid, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. And thank thank you for all your help. No worries. And good luck. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.